This episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen is dedicated to the memory of Robert Fensom, my dad, my daughter's granddad, and a bloody good bloke. I fucking miss you, Dad. Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, yes, people. This is Dave Fenson with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. Uh, we are back. This is a special episode. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. Um, yeah, as you probably heard from the intro, um, been some turbulent times in uh, my life just recently. Unfortunately, lost my dad recently after a very short battle with um, pancreatic cancer. Um, what a bastard that disease is um hence one of the reasons why we've been away for a little bit longer than uh, we intended to be um obviously it's been a weird time man uh, also got a brand new job and uh and i've got a young baby as well so i do apologize for the break it's my fault not krista's um and yeah we hope to be getting back on a little bit more of a uh, a schedule very very shortly we're going to start recording season three very, sorry season four should i say very very shortly we've got this episode now this is a special episode now um this album is an album that we wouldn't normally do it's uh, about mr bungles of self-titled album now the reason we've selected this is our very very good friend mr matt collis um made a sizable donation to the account like a, a like a much too generous donation to the podcast via our paypal link and to be honest with you the only thing we could think to do was offer him the choice of album to record he's a massive fan of this album uh, as you'll find out so am i mr krista not so much uh, will he change his mind who knows what i will tell you this episode is probably one of the most self-indulgent episodes we've done okay uh, there's a lot of me singing along there's a lot of krista saying some similar things uh throughout the way it's not uh it's not a typical pcl fodder album so it's a very different conversation but i think it's a good one uh it's uh, we certainly get into a few bits and pieces <laughs> during this one and um, uh, spoilers we managed to come out of it still friends um but yeah i you know I, if you've never heard mr bungle's album maybe this will inspire you to go and have a listen to it it's a fucking weird album uh it really really is it's a absolutely polarizing album you'll see how you go with that i mean i'm not saying this is a service we're offering anyone as to say the uh, the donation that matt made was uh, quite high for us so that, that's why we've done this episode uh, we've got another special episode coming out very shortly as well we'll explain the reasons for that uh, when we put it out but yeah hopefully you'll get something from this uh, my stake would be if you're not enjoying it within the first five or ten minutes uh, feel free to skip it we won't hold it against you uh, if you do like it let us know give us your feedback as always anyway guys with no further ado uh, we're going to get on with the episode i hope you enjoy it
Yes, people, it's Dave Fensom here with another bonus episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. As always, I am joined by my good friend, Mr. Krista Greer. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? And this week, we are going to be talking about Mr. Bungle's self-titled debut album, all the way back to 1991. Yeah, indeed. This this came out in August 1991, uh, same week as Metallica's Black Album. In fact, that, that's the, the the one we did the episode on. But this was like the same week. I'd imagine this did similar numbers, didn't it? Oh, God, of course it did. It's just as commercially successful, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my God. Um, I mean, anyone who knows Mr. Bungle knows what is about to happen, knows what is coming. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, what's the background that we can give them, really? They are a fucking weird band. Absolutely. I mean, look, this is... Uh, Mike Patton's basically high school band formed in 1985 uh, before he was approached to be the lead singer of Faith No More, a band that, you know, kind of put out heavy, unusual records. You know, they had, mm. uh, by the time this came out, I think they had four demos available. Right. Uh, but this, and so obviously off the back of the record deal with Faith No More, they got a, uh, a deal to put this kind of full record out i mean if you've ever watched the uh the epic video i think it's the epic video he's wearing a t-shirt that says a tractor in my balls it's a mr bungle t-shirt right sure it could be the fall into piece of it. okay anyway it's one of the, it's one of the videos off of uh the real thing mm. but yeah so this is this is the album they put out and uh you know, uh, it's uh, it's certainly one that divided divided opinion when it dropped. Let's put it sure. that way. Sure, and you do have to wonder, um, you know, what was in the back of Warner's minds whenever they signed the band and agreed to release this? Because yes, they did it because Mike Patton was in a successful band, and therefore mm-hmm. they were like, okay, you've you've got potential, you've got a fan base. Yeah, of course we'll do your side project, and then they're handed this album. They must yeah. have taken a step back and had a word with each other going, have we made a big mistake? Or, you know, is this actually brilliant? The band were not unaware of that. There's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a lyric somewhere in the album that directly references that. But look, just to give you some picture, if you're here and you come into this podcast because you like listening to us talk about pop records, this is a slightly different thing. This is yeah. in no way a pop record. This is the opposite of a pop record. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say that straight out. If I was talking about this like a pop record, like I do with a lot of the records that we cover, I would be saying this is a failure of a pop record. Of course. But this isn't a pop record. In terms of where, when you first heard this, was it back in uh, like straight away 91 or a couple of years later? Where were you on this I had this album in 1992, so okay. I, I went to Sixth Form College, was a big Faith No More fan. Obviously, Angel Dust came out whilst we were there, uh, and some of my mates had already got a hold of Mr. Bungle. They were already all over it. Right. Um, and so, you know, I had second-generation copied tape, and I played this album to death. You did? Okay, right, okay. You know, no secrets going into this. I am a massive fan of this record. Uh, this record changed the way I listen to music in a lot of ways. Okay. I am an enormous fan of this record. It's uh, Fine. it's you we're going to have the issue with, Mr. Green. Well, indeed. And uh, my background on uh, this album and Mr. Bungle in general. Right? Uh, Mr. Bungle in general, every time someone has said to me, you know, you should try listening to Mr. Bungle. You'd probably like this song. And they play me a song and I'd go, well, this is awful. This is obviously awful. I don't understand why you think I would like this or anybody could like this. And so... Mm-hmm. In my head, Mr. Bungle are just dreadful. I have never heard this album before we've done this podcast. 
And so mm-hmm. this is the first time I've ever gone into it and listened to the whole thing. Uh, but I'm coming from from zero on liking anything Bungle related. And I, yeah. I also do like Faith No More, so it's not like I couldn't possibly like it. There might be potential, but it, this is a very different band. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's the first thing, you know. If the thing that people got into initially was Mike Patton's voice, there is lots of Mike Patton's voice on this record, mm-hmm. okay? But this, you know, this, this Mr. Bungle has got a lot more in common with other projects like Phantomass than, than for the most part, it has uh, Mr. Bungle. There, I think there right. are some quite Faith No More moments in this Mr. Bungle album, which we'll get to and we'll talk about. But, okay. uh, but this is an album very much of moments. If you're looking for forms minute cohesive pop songs you are not going to find them here the cl- the closest mr bungle get is uh ca- the third album california which i think is their masterpiece okay. which is where they toned down quite a lot of the weirdness and wrote some more straightforward songs right although they're still not as straightforward there's still a lot of kind of odd ideas and interesting bits and pieces in there it's still an album full of their character but that's the album. That's the kind of obviously, I guess, if you were going to th- damn it with frame phrase, you'd say it's the more grown up album. Okay, I see what you mean. Um, but this is, you know, I mean, this is an incredibly, incredibly puerile record in <laughs> lots of ways. <laughs> right, yeah. And I guess some of that is going to be because, uh, th- like you say, they were a high school band. So they were starting to write these songs and, and fuck about with the, the initial ideas when they were probably, I don't know, 16. They were, yeah. you know, obnoxious kids. And so some of that definitely carries through. It's not the the clean-cut, MTV-friendly rock of Faith No More. It is some kids pissing about. But very talented kids. I would disagree that Faith No More is... I'd say, you know, maybe some of those songs on uh, on The Real Thing were that way to a degree. But Faith No More have always had a pretty fucking big edge to them, you know, oh, cookie no, for caca, You're right, you're right. Um, but um, I guess I'm thinking... Singles wise, the the ones that would have been played on MTV were a bit bigger, sure. slicker hits. This is nothing like that whatsoever. No, no, no. This is you know this is a record that has been made quite clearly with the idea of not compromising at all at the heart of it, and that I think is admirable. Uh, yeah, they stuck to their guns. They didn't do anything they didn't want to do. Fair play, and it's got that adolescent edge of young men who perhaps have not experienced lots of fucking nasty things, who can be obsessed with dark shit in their lives, uh-huh. who can be obsessed with that fucking dark edge of David Lynch films. You know, there's a lot of obviously right, yeah. blue velvet throughout this. The dark edge of horror. Everything is kind of twisted out to its, you know, most fucking obscene and most unpleasant, you know, mm. in that way that, you know, I relate to from, you know, loving horror films as a, as a younger kid and liking the gore and looking for all of that shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just kind of putting that kind of untempered world view on before you've actually experienced some real nasty shit, which kind of slightly tempers your edge and desire for <laughs> it yeah. in, uh, in in your entertainment. Not a record that has been designed to uh, pander to anyone's tastes. No. It's a muddy sounding record. I mean, for, you know, for 1991 with a major... You know, and you know, with the major label uh, money behind it, and the fact that John Zorn produced it, yep. I would, I would still expect this record to sound sonically better than it does. I see. All right. Okay. All anyway. right. So, so you've uh, listened to this loads. You're very familiar mm-hmm. with it. My first time ever. I've, I've listened to this probably six or seven times for this. A couple of times, 
in, in the background as much as it can be, and then a couple of times yeah. proper going through. Yeah, and you know, and I, I think that in and of itself is going to colour this conversation to a degree as well, because like I mean, I know every kind of twist and turn of this record mm. instinctively now, you know, and I, I you know, I read uh, I, like Mike Portnoy for example, like the old drummer from Dream Theater, mm-hmm. whatever band he's in now, you know, he puts this in one of his, you know, kind of top 10 prog records of all time. Wow, okay. Uh, but, you know, and he's like, you know, I know every weird twist and turn of this record. And it's very much that kind of record. You kind of almost have to, you know, absorb it and understand where it's going. And in, and until you kind of can anticipate it a little bit, mm. it, it doesn't really open up its full riches to you. Because... Okay. It's very difficult to to do the song by song for this, I think, in the way that we normally do, because it's it's kind of not necessarily a collection of songs, as it's a complete album of fucking nonsense. <laughs> it certainly is. Uh, it certainly is that. Yes, glorious, right. glorious nonsense. All right, well, let's look at this album cover first, shall we? Uh, have you got one in front of you? Say, you say you got the CD. Uh, I've got a CD. I've got the, uh, I've got a picture disc as well, but the picture disc doesn't have the uh, uh, the album cover. And I haven't actually picked up the CD in front of me actually. I've, but I have got the artwork on my on my computer That'll in do. front of me. I'll do. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Bit strange. I mean, it's the perfect album cover really for this. It's a really horrible looking clown. Yes. You know? Yes. Absolutely. It is. And you know, th- there are going to be kind of circus and carnival undertones throughout most There's of this. A album. lot of that happening. So that's important. You know, to the overall feel of this record. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I think it's a it's a really well drawn, horrible, creepy record. Right. Uh. Obviously, you've got the font above it. You know, it, I think I think it's a great album cover. Yeah. Um. It, it look it definitely kind of looks unsettling. It looks like one of the a picture you'd see of a clown in a documentary about serial killers. Um, yeah. So kind of John Wayne Gacy yeah. kind of esque. Um. Weird, drunken, scary clown. And I'll be honest with you, like if if I'd have been flicking through albums, I had no idea who Mike Patton was. I was looking to buy an album. I was in the right section. I saw that. I, that would make me take a second look. I'd be like, oh, what the fuck's this? Okay. This looks different. This looks weird. Yeah. Mr. Bungle. I was, what, what's that mean? You know, yeah. turn over, look at the the song titles, and it would be. I'd be like, okay, this is either going to be brilliant or it's going to be shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's entirely fair. Yeah, I hold that thought, people. <laughs> Cool. All right. Um, let's get let's get started into the the actual songs. The first one, uh, track one, is it's officially called. Well, it's quote unquote on if you if you yeah. see it now, but it was originally called Travolta. Yes, it was. If you, I mean, Travolta is in the lyrics. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it was just uh, the they were urged by, like, gently nudged. I right. think is the correct term for putting it by Warner Brothers to retitle it. If you've got an original pressing of this, it's called Travolta. But the vast majority of them, uh, it says "quote unquote" on. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, th- this is, I think, kind of indicative of what they're doing on the album because the first song has thirty seconds of silence at the beginning. Of the song, yeah. So you're just there going because fuck you, it, when, yeah, yeah. When's this gonna start? Yeah. So indeed, say, let, let's start when the uh, actual music begins. I fucking heard that, mate. I went away. I, I heard the uh, the quotation marks around music. <laughs> just there. It's it's all in the inflections, mate. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Come on. Guitar. Intro. Yeah, heavy chords. Yeah. And here's the panic rhythm. You are loving this. Oh, and what's happened here? Weird carnival vibe. Everything's slightly off squint. It feels really unnerving, doesn't it? It it definitely is. It is. It's off kilter and designed to make you feel a bit what? Yeah. Okay, if you listen to these lyrics, cut patterns taking the, you know, like the role of the carnival barker. I mean, look, pause a second. Oh, right. Those lyrics, man, those first lyrics, all behold the spectacle. A fleshy, limbless rectangle sitting on a pedestal, so nasal, handy, capable. <laughs> now, like, that kind of almost tells you what you're getting <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the first bit. It's like, these are unpleasant images yeah they are not designed for the pc crowd you know they're um, they're deliberately unpleasant deliberately antagonistic yeah but there's a fucking humor to it you know it's a it's an unpleasant humor but there's a humor to it it is it it, there is a humor i mean they obviously find this shit very very funny they think they are hilarious making these songs i don't necessarily share their sense of humour on this one because I'm 46 now and if I was 16 listening to this it's very possible I'd have a different take exactly it is very much you know it's them being as grotesque as they possibly can yeah and yeah you know I could take a step back and go oh this is you know needlessly offensive what is the point in this but I heard it when I was 16 I heard it when I was 17 and I thought this was glorious right okay but there's, but you know, it's not just, you know, it's not, it, it, it's a lot more than that. It's not bloodhound gang. It's not like a fucking mm-hmm. cheap puerile gag. It's the whole picture, you know. They've they've processed all of these sounds. They're going for a very deliberate kind of feel. It makes you, you know, for me, it puts me in a kind of slightly weird place. I'm going, ah, music doesn't normally sound like this. Sure. Okay, what's what's fucking going on? Anyway, right, carry on. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's all very fair, and I like that. To be honest, I don't mind these Purell lyrics. They're like, fine, I, I kind of understand where they're coming from because it would be funny whenever you're that age and you're just writing shit. But the music is the bit that gets me. I think this is... I mean, obviously, it's deliberately off-putting, and they have tried yeah. to make it... Like, here we go into, here, into this nonsense. Yeah, it's wicked. Brilliant. What? Weird little fucking Riviera kind of incidental musical detour. And then... Yeah. You know, because look, the thing you can't say, you can't go, oh, no, these guys can't play, because the playing oh, on shit, this no. is fucking great. No, I will give them that 100%. They are talented musicians. They are using that talent to be obnoxious and annoying mm-hmm. well I, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's designed to annoy oh I, I think absolutely it's, do no I know I think it's designed to put I think it's designed to be off put into people that uh, that it wants to be but I but I it's connected with enough people that it obviously is designed it, you know there's something in what they were doing that's connected with a huge amount of people so I think yeah, they were just yeah. doing what they wanted to do oh you're absolutely right 
Um, for me, the comparison that I have, uh, or or the the sort of the the signpost I have for this is the John Zorn thing. Um, for people who don't know John Zorn, uh, he's uh, kind of a f- weird avant-garde jazz guy who just likes yeah. making re- insane music with various people and has been on the, the jazz scene for decades. Very well respected in terms of what he does. I uh, went to, I, I was uh, in New York in, I think it was 94, I'm going to say, 93 or 94, mm-hmm. and uh, my dad worked at the Knitting Factory in New York, and John Zorn was doing one of his, I think it was his Cobra shows, which is something he does where he gets a lot of people collaborating, and yeah. they just go off on it. They just play the most unlistenable noise jazz that you can imagine with yeah. no boundaries. Or, well, there probably are, but I don't give a shit because I don't listen to that and mm-hmm. I don't understand it. And Mike Patton was there on the night I saw him. He was doing his thing where he just shouts into a microphone, screams, mm-hmm. and does that. And I was going, oh, wicked. I'm, I'm going to see Mike Patton. I knew nothing about John Zorn. And immediately yeah. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? What uh-huh. is this? And this album is taking me right back to that. I'm going, what is going on? And so that the John Zorn thing definitely makes me go, oh, I see. That's why he's got him in there to, to do this. But it makes it unlistenable nonsense to me this song well see, i mean I've, I've i've dabbled with with a bit of zorn yeah. off the back of the, this association and i've you know i've not really got that well on with the john zorn stuff because i think i do think a lot of that is you know kind of further out there but you know like even going through this record which i know so well even like kind of going through it with this kind of ear on that we do for this podcast mm. i've kind of found more structure in some of these songs almost than i was expecting to oh, okay uh yeah, so you know, I mean, I, I, this is this isn't a formless song. It's got very specific bits and motifs, and they go and they come, and there are yeah, there are little kind of weird kind of segues and flourishes yeah. that kind of connect the bits where that that might not be there. But this is quite a you know, this is not that weird a song when you compare it to the works or you know the other stuff that John's all no, that, that's that probably fair, yeah, true. But to me, uh, you think that uh the it sounds like it's linking from a to b to c to a to, to that to me it sounds like they've found a load of songs and put them in a blender and just let's see what fucking happens it doesn't sound like there's any cohesion between them to me it sounds like different songs spliced okay and yes there's there's certainly a, an argument for that mm. but once I think the you know the idea is if you cut and paste these things together and listen to them and see how they come together they do form this overarching thing which I you know right. I you know one of the things I love about it is how mental it is and how much it shifts right. how much it changes and like you know I remember being really having my mind blown by this record being like oh what you can just do this I see well you can just you can just fucking do this can you and it made me go oh hang on some of the rules I'd thought about about music don't necessarily exist and I, and I don't think this approach works you know I don't think you can just throw that approach willy-nilly this isn't right. this isn't them just doing this them it's them going uh we've got this weird idea and this weird idea and we think if we put them all together like this it's going to create this overarching feel mm. you know this album is almost like a very fucking weird horror movie you know it, it is and you know part of 
horror, much as it's part of the same of comedy, is keeping you unnerved, keeping you not knowing what's coming next. You sure. Know, the, a lot of the a lot of the scare, you know, that's why I'm so bored of jump scare films. It's like because you know, oh yeah, I know this is coming, I know this is coming. Ah, right. whereas the really fucking scary stuff, you know, you're not really sure what's happening for a while. You know, you're like, what the fuck's going on? And once you start, you know, pieces start kind of kind of coming together for you and right, okay. that's the stuff that stays with you for the longest you know and, and I, I think sure. this album is best compared to a horror movie or like a you know I'm not a massive David Lynch fan myself but like a very, like a Lynchian movie I cannot argue with anything you just said the only issue I have and the difference that we have is that and maybe it's because of this album partly is that you are willing to give more weird shit a pass and enjoy it than I am. I, I fucking like being able to hum a song, whereas yeah. you are more uh, uh, definitely okay with, well, this is just mental. But the thing is, when I listen to this song, though, I mean, you know, this album, because I know it, twist and turn, I can sing along to this album all day. And I, this, right. this, if I, if I saw this live, this would be just as much as a big sing-along album for me <laughs> as going to see Faith No More. That's fucking so you know, weird. A lot of it is just how much how much you know it. This album's yeah. in my DNA, you know. If I was there with some of our mates, we'd just be kind of geeking out sure. on this shit happening, you know. Um, yeah, no, you're right. But, you know, so, you know, it's, it, this, this is a difficult conversation because it's from the point of view of, you know, I know this album as well as I know Appetite for Destruction. I you see. Know? I know this album as well as I've listened more so than most things. It is, right. you know, this this is an album that I listen to an awful lot at the time in my life when I listen to music over and over. You know, I remember I'd have listened to this album four or five times in a row because it had been in my car and I didn't have anything else in I my see, fucking yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. But, you know, there's, there's so much in this, you know, you've kind of got this weird kind of heavy, heavy Twilight Zone riff that comes in and then kind of pattern comes in with that bit, that bit, to see his colours, fucking brilliant bits of pattern vocals in this, man. Some of the, you know, it's the weird thing. It's like you just get it for this, tiny section and you're like that's so fucking good you could you could have written a whole song around these little tiny vocal melodies that come in once or twice and then disappear oh and that's the thing for me because i do i think there are some bits where you go shit okay here we are we've got a big chunky great riff or you know patterns doing something interesting but within three seconds it's gone again because that's the nature of the beast yeah, I mean, you know, this song's got a fucking, it's got a kind of weird little staccato rap that Patton does, you know, you know, with his mouth so shut, he still shakes his butt. And, yeah, because he's Hitler and Swayze and Trump. And Travolta. Brilliant. What a brilliant lyric. Very, very strange. Very strange. You know. This is what, a seven minute song, uh, yeah. but first 30 seconds of silence, last 30 yeah. seconds are the signs of a train. Yeah, that was that was a uh, a real recording, I think, of um, of th- th- three of the members of the band jumping a train and just recording it on a tape recorder. Yeah, well, <laughs> entirely unnecessary. A load of weird John Zorn, uh, John Zorn jazz nonsense. Oh yeah, there's like saxophone the squeals end. all over the place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's all of that shit. Okay, yeah. so that's the first track. Okay, uh-huh. I, I mean, we we could sum up and see where we are with it, but I, I don't think we need to, do <laughs> no, we? I don't, yeah, but going into this, this was exactly what I assumed Mr. Bungle was going to be like. I went, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, this sounds about right. This might have been one of the ones that someone's played me before. I have no fucking idea. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, this did not make me change my mind instantly. Uh, we've got a long conversation ahead yeah, of us, sure. haven't we? Okay, right. So, track number two. Okay. This is Slowly Growing Deaf. 
So we've got these uh, scar flourishes to start off with, now we're into this moody synth. Uh-huh. And we've got kind of very croony Mike Patton. And we haven't heard croony Mike Patton before because he doesn't do any of this on the first uh, Faith No More album. Oh, okay, that's very true, actually. No, he didn't. So this is the first uh, example. Okay. So like, I was like blown away that he could do this when I first heard it. I was like, wow, this guy can really fucking sing. Mm. Another seven minute long song, just uh, as a, a, an aside. The difference is he had no choice. Come on. Right, see, there you go. There's a riff. I can get my teeth yeah. into that. Yeah, this is almost Faith. This is Faith No More kind of... Uh, adjacent. Adjacent, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a, a nice riff. I think uh, this is good. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Patton works over this because it's the sort of song I'm used to for that. But it's when they go into that sort of cheesy ska guitar again. Um, that... That... Yeah. Just put, just fucks me right off. Uh, see, again. Wow. Oh God. Ding do 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 ding ding ding. That's a horrible sound, I think. And here we go into the surf rock. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we'll just as many genres as we can fit in. The vocal. That vocal's fucking lovely. Oh, I, and I'm going to chip tune in a minute. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Eight bit computer game. Absolute nonsense. And then. Right, and then you, okay, and now we've got Brilliant. our tune again. Yeah, it's yeah. a shame we had to have a minute of bullshit between it. Not at all, not at all. It's like, you know, there are plenty of other songs that do just that are available. And Indeed. Go and, they really are. And, 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 you know, look, and this is the thing about this album, right? You know, I can't sit here and go, you should like this album, right? Mm. Because it's recorded by people that don't give a shit if you like it, yes. right? And that is at the heart of it. It's like, this album is what it is. Like it or or don't like it. Basically, that's it. Right? And I, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to try and con- convince you that you should like it. Sure. I, I, you know, because that's not the point of it. You kind of either get it or you don't. It hits or it doesn't, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like I said to you, I think possibly the amount of times you've heard it is probably not enough to appreciate it fully but at the same time i don't get the impression that it's giving you levers to want to go back to do that no it's and not no one of probably one of my favorite ever like pattern passages is in this song like one of like oh my, yeah like the bit that i would be singing the loudest if we saw him live that just bit where it's like a, in the morning i could see where you were trying to say to me i responded oh, just 
fucking glorious. It's as, you know, again, you could have built an entire fucking Faith No More song out of that section. Gotcha. And it would be a fucking glorious pop song. But, you know, and I just love the way it just fucking pops in here, man. I wax within, my ears has grown just like the snot in <laughs> Exactly. When you're talking about kind of pure lyrics and uh, trying to be grotty and a bit offensive, that that's just talking about wax and snot. It's, it's that sort of yeah. level that we're on. Oh, God, man. It's, it's, it's a proper poo-poo car car yeah. record. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it really is. It's, and in that sense, that is designed to irritate without doubt. It's like, mm. it, it, it's, a, it's a thumb of the nose to the type of people that are offended by those type of things. Sure. And, you know, you know, and in retrospect, as we all do, as we get older, you yeah. know, you kind of look at that stuff and it's, you know, not really that edgy, you yeah. know, but, it, but, you know, it's still representative of a fun time in someone's life, much in the way that I'd listen to some 41 and fat lip and go, Oh, that's a dumb song, but I enjoy it. Totally. Um, in a, just a, a sort of thing, something that happened to me recently, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Neil Archibald, uh, He's, I've known him since school, and um, back in 92, 93, we had a radio show, a weekly radio show on a local station. And nice. He, um, I've got some tapes, he's got some tapes of it, and he recently put uh, one onto MP3, and uh-huh. he sent me the file. I was like, oh man, this is going to be hilarious. Just how, how amateur were we, and what were we saying? And listening back... We were making those sort of ridiculous, edgy jokes and smutty innuendos, and I'm cringing yeah. the whole yeah. way through because that was seventeen-year-old me thinking I was fucking hilarious. Yeah, but you know, and but you know, the thing is, right? You probably were to other versions of seventeen-year-old you, yeah, totally. and like, and nothing that seventeen-year-old you does should be that palatable to forty-six-year-old you. Otherwise, sure. you fucked up. Yeah, 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 that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. That's why, that's why I get so fucking annoyed at these puritanical fucking kids. It's like, oh, man, you're wasting. This is your opportunity. The rest of this shit is coming. Yeah. So I re- unless what we're going to see is their generation with a load of fucking 46-year-olds making really fucking edgelord jokes. Who knows? <laughs> swinging around about to come back in. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so this one has a full minute of bullshit audio after the song ends. Uh, oh yeah, I mean this. I mean again, you're talking about fucking pure old shit, man. Uh-huh. I mean most most of it is just someone shitting. Yeah, it's uh, someone having a shit and kind of cut up words and nonsense for a minute. Yeah, I mean an I, absolute minute. And again, again, I remember being 17 and thinking that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Isn't that? And now I'm like, I could probably do with slightly less of this, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm all right with it. I'm like, you know, it's. Yeah. So and then this one, obviously, because like we say, like the the ends of the songs are kind of almost like the intros to the next song. Yeah, so, so that's kind of the the pooing and whatever is kind of the intro to Squeeze Me Macaroni, which is track three. Right. Okay. So let's get into this one. It's a bit primus. Yeah. This is the fast delivered funk metal, really, isn't it? You yeah. Know? Yeah. The most obvious uh, along those lines. It, we, you know, we, don't forget, we're deep in the middle of funk metal territory at the minute. Yeah. Paddy whack, do I give you a dog a boner, baby? Yeah. Brilliant. Knick-knack, paddy whack. All the lyrics to this songs are, are terrible uh, sexual innuendo based around foodstuffs yeah. and, and food marketing slogans and characters. But with these terrible horns... And, and again, just 
unlistenable jazz bass going on. See, I enjoy those horns a great deal. Oh, no, really? Oh, my God. Refried beans! Not to be fired with a Big Mac fucker like a chicken man nugget. There we go. So, I, unfortunately, a lot of this whole podcast could me just be me singing along <laughs> to this record. This is definitely one of the ones that is most obviously written by 16-year-old boys. Yeah. yeah. Neck, patty, whack. I give you a darker boner, baby. Yeah. This was one of my... When this album came out, this is one of my favourites. This is one of my favourites. Is it because it's got the line, give your dog a boner? Well, I just think the I just think the the vocal parts are really fucking fun. Right. Okay. Not the lyrics. I don't really give a shit about the lyrics of it, but I just think Patton's work on this is brilliant. Yeah. A fork and a spoon. I'm just, uh, just uh, for, for the listener. One of the lyrical choices that I I picked out of this one as an example of what it's all about. Hostess Ding Dong wrapped an egg roll around my wong. While Dolly Madison proceeded to ping my pong, take a dump, baby, squirt some gravy, pour some sugar on me, honey, make it brown and brown runny. Brown and runny. What the fuck? Yeah, that's the level we're on in that one. But again, I don't give a well, shit. It's silly. It's it's sixteen-year-old boys. Don't give a fuck about this. But musically, again, I think this is just shit. A cover, man. Oh, I've stopped playing the music in Slop my ear. Slap your face in my baloney, squeeze me, squeeze me macaron. I love this bit, man. I love this bit of this song. Face in my baloney, squeeze me. This is brilliant, this bit. It's just a fucking lovely bit of weird scre- uh, 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 crooning. And then he just drops into that fucking mental scat. That annoys the shit out of me as well, that bit. Oh, it's... I've, I've been I've been singing that regularly <laughs> for thirty years. <laughs> it sounds like somebody having a Tourette's breakdown. Oh, well, that's uh, very politically incorrect of you, Krista. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, it's, it's this album. Blame it on this album. Let's bring well, it. Bring it the worst mate. They were they were very young. Yeah, true. You should know better. Uh, another anyway. full minute of absolute nonsense after this song's finished as well, between the next one. Just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, not, not defending it, it's a choice. Sure. Um, all of that nonsense goes straight into uh, the next song, which is Carousel. Oh, a bit more ska guitar. Yeah, this is kind of ska via madness rather than ska via no doubt. Right, sure. And there's some horns. Mm-hmm. As far as I remember, I think there's two saxophonists on this album, apart from John Zorn, who occasionally comes in as well. So they yep. really are going full on in the horn section. Mm-hmm. And realistically, this is so far one of the most straightforward songs. Yep. So far. Take a meal by the Ferris wheel. Yeah. Well, this is it. You and know. here's that. Here's that lyric. Will, Will Warner Brothers put our record on the shelf? They know what they're doing. Right, sure, yeah. And, and they are leaning heavily into the uh, the fairground thing in this song as well. Oh, for sure. At, at about Absolutely. three minutes in, it just goes full Wurlitzer. Yep. And this and shit, though. Look, what? Uh, uh, oh. No, I'm not having this. I love this. And then this chorus, man. Behind the show, I wrap my carousel, wrap my myself. Uh, this is my favourite chorus on this record, I think. Okay. 
chorus-wise, it's okay. I, do, I, I don't really like the, the ska bit in the background, but when it, when it gets into this heavier section, sure. And see, now you've said madness. It definitely, yeah. I, I can see the, the bits that sound like that in this. Oh yeah, this, yeah. this one sounds really like madness in a lot of places. Made a human bit. There's also there's a bit later on where uh, just after a very strange breakdown, it comes back in and it sounds a bit like the Batman thing to me. Oh okay, I was pointing out to me. guitar. But this, you know, this song sounds to me like being lost in a nightmarish carnival. You okay, know? yeah. This is this is what the insane clown posse think they sound like. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> And then we got a surf rock guitar. That's the bit that sounds like Batman to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, very much that kind of psychedelic surf rock yeah. kind of. Yeah. And Patton is just on one here. Yeah. I love the way that this bit segues into the next bit because it's built up and then just drops. This one is probably the one that I am best with so far. I think because okay. it's more straightforward. Even though I, I don't particularly like the the scar backing that it's built from. Sure. It doesn't do as many stupid things until about now, realistically. Yeah. It, it doesn't go off on so many tangents and it doesn't just mm-hmm. fuck about for the sake of fucking about. Sure. Uh, but this and, is, and, uh, what's happening here, this fairground stuff. Oh, I love this stuff. But, you know, it's a song called Carousel. Oh, mate, of course. <laughs> I, I get it. It, it. That's why. But no need whatsoever. He's, you know, he's going to be sick because he's riding the carousel. Well, and shit's gone weird. a lot of signs of throwing up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to get any more out of this song than has happened already. You know, listen to California and you'll get more songs sure. out of California. But this, you know, this is them at their most anarchic and most nuts. Yes. Yeah, I, I got not much more to say on that one. It's it's all right. It's okay. Again, one of my favourites on the record, yeah. I would say, Carousel. Really like it. It is one of the more straightforward ones. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, when I was looking at this and going, uh, is Chris Gana like any of these? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I... I I didn't have opti- much optimism, if I'm honest. And that was... I think there were two when I was like, oh, he might enjoy bits of this. And Fine. I think that was... I think that was one of them. Fine. I mean, Christ, I don't know what we're going to do about... So the next track uh-huh. is called Egg. Yes, it is. Now, Egg is 10 minutes... Uh, 10, 10 minutes, minutes four, long. And 40 seconds. And, I mean, you know, my first note on this song is... This is a deeply strange song. Strange is a word, okay. In an in an album of strange songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, should, should we start playing? Yeah, it? go for it. Okay. So. I, I mean, I, I just think that that reverse reverb on the song, and here we go. Tempo changes, yeah. ahoy! Don't like this. Excellent. Oh, I didn't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> now this this song to me, uh-huh. 
more than anything, it's like, oh, they are really, really fucking with you now. Oh, th- th- this is this is exactly why I think they have done this on purpose to be twats and to annoy you as much as possible but oh, by, see, by making I, I, something that is patently awful. I see. I I have a different conclusion. See, I I deep. I, you know, I really enjoy it. It's all over the place. Yeah. It's got a feeling of it being out of control. You know, it feels like a breakdown, right? Mm-hmm. Just like kind of gloriously, gloriously demented. And then it's just full of fucking really weird lyrics that all fall back on this egg analogy. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't seem to differentiate between the yellow, the yellow love, and the white sex I take. I just want to fertilize you. What a fucking ridiculous <laughs> lyric! Yeah. Yeah, they are absolutely fucking with you. You know, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no defending this song or not defending this song. They've just gone right. We're gonna make a load of fucking weird noises, and tempo changes, and create this menacing, terrifying kind of soundscape mm. that's gonna make you feel like you're fucking trapped in a whitey almost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from the start, whenever I saw this was ten minutes long, I my heart just dropped. I was like, okay, fine. And then it started okay. Like I said, the very first, you know, 20 seconds, whatever. But then each bit of the song, and there are many bits, was somehow worse than the bit before it (laughs) uh, for the entirety of the song. Agree to disagree. I mean, Um, like this bit that's playing at the minute, this this Morricone-esque kind of terrifying soundscape that's uh, at the minute, this bit's fucking brilliant. Nah. And then we drop out into that riff. Boom. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, right, no, they, they, I'm not gonna lie, right? Egg is not one of my. It's not one of my favourite tracks on the album. Okay. Right? But if you ask me, would I take it out? Absolutely not. I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I would not change a note on this album, uh-huh. this record, for for fear of turning it into something even slightly different. Because I just love this. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't listen to this record as a track. I listen to all of it in one go. Yeah. From the first 30 seconds of Dead Air on quote unquote to the fucking final odd noise on fucking Dead Goon. I love this as a complete and work of art. Are you okay with there being like two and a half minutes or so of just Mike Patton going, there's no place like home in different voices? That's, uh, that's yeah, fun. I, I absolutely am. Yeah, it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. Terrible. So, so awful. I, 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 whenever I was listening to this on one of my listens through, um, yeah. I was just like looking around in despair at what was happening. I noticed, <laughs> I noticed my phone right was right beside the uh, was it right beside the laptop, and I was it, for some reason my my head just went. Obviously, you know Google listens to everything on your phone. What the hell ads am I gonna get? from whatever it's picking up. It's going, oh, Christian's listening to uh, something that sounds like a breakdown. What can I recommend? And I'm just expecting to get Samaritans uh, ads coming up on my timeline now and shit like this. This is... Oh, jeez, oh. you're such a young, you're such a young conservative. <laughs> if only I were young. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, fucking, it's, honestly, mate, you, you, you're letting yourself down here. And then, yeah, three minutes at the end of this song, which are just some occasional background noises, a little bit of talking in the distance. Because, again, just fuck you. Absolutely fuck you from Bungle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the, the difference the difference is whether that's a good or a bad thing. And I don't necessarily 
think it's a bad thing you know you make the you go fuck you and you go you make the decision whether i'm going to listen to it or not and you know there's Mm. so much music out there that is like that and i'm like oh i'm not on board with this but i'm like oh you know well you know i mean i i went i went to see apex twin do like the most fucking oblique set ever right and i left it going oh i paid you money and i didn't enjoy that at all sure but but you know what you fucking it's your thing you can do what you want I just won't support it in the future. Whereas with this, I went, oh, you went, you said, fuck you to me. And I went, oh, actually, I fucking quite like this. Tread on my balls again, <laughs> Mr. Bungle. Yeah. I'm loving it. You're like an, an abuse victim going, oh, do, okay, do it again, though. Just do it again. See, but you've got to understand, you're, you're coming from the perspective that you think when I le- hear this, I just hear the same thing that you don't. I don't. I hear a really cohesive album because I know it's so, so weird. Well. Yeah. There you go. So weird. Um, in terms of just, because obviously, uh, you know, you, you were saying um, that you uh, have such a different view of this. I know that we got some uh, Twitter feedback, didn't we, of other people's views of this. What were, what, what were other people saying? Because you said to me initially, I bet you Twitter's going to have my back. You know, Twitter's going to be on your side. Yeah. So what, what have people said? A bit of a split bag, as mm-hmm. you would expect, I think, here, right? So we've got David Burgess, 73. He's with you. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm with Krista on this one. Sorry, Dave. I really look forward to hearing the argument and open to an attempt okay. to persuade me okay. that I'm wrong. Again, I just, I just, I don't think I could persuade you that you're wrong, David. I think, first of all, I'm not sure that this is a record for mm-hmm. men of our vintage if you haven't sure. been into it in sure. the past. I think that's, that's possible. Um, I think there needs to be a bit of connecting with it when you're at the right age for it. Uh, uh, Michael Collins, Mike Collins, Long time listener, being a huge Faith the More fan, instant purchase for me. Heard about the demos, couldn't wait to get my hands on the album. Also sent off with this t-shirt, which I sadly yeah. no longer have, which is the Tractor in My Balls t-shirt. Uh, Andy B, Venetian Gambler, couldn't ever get past the name. Couple that with the well-documented poo-based shapes of pattern, I relatively quickly decided Mr. Bungle weren't for me. Fair enough, okay, yeah. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Mr. Sorder Lee, I was an heir at the time, didn't think it was melodic enough. Now I like it. One of a few lockdown gigs for me uh, was Mr. Bungle on Halloween. Like Olives, they've become an acquired taste. Okay, right. So well, that's interesting because she, so she started off not being so much of a fan, but gradually grew to like it. Yeah, it, it wasn't instant for her, but there was it came with time. Okay, exactly. Now, Steve Stephen Hill from a Riot App podcast, mm. brilliantly mental uh, record. But if I'm being honest, I prefer them when they get to California uh, and they can prove they can write songs. I'm with you. California okay. is my favourite record, but this is the one that had the most impact. Right. Uh, still, when I first heard it back in the '90s, my little offspring loving brain nearly imploded in on itself, which I consider to be a good thing. Very similar experience gotcha. to the one I had, gotcha. you know. You know, it was like you know, kind of the next, you know, like whereas I was going from Faith No More into heavier bands like Pantera, and I was like, oh wow, that's how heavy stuff was could be. Mm. Here in Mister Bungle, it's like, oh, this is how weird shit can be, you know. Bearing in yeah. mind, I was already a Primus fan, you know. Yeah, true. And it's like, oh wow, this is fucking even weirder than Primus. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh, our friend Sean I told him Vapor Boy on Twitter California is a better album but I still love this one it's not an album that loves you back nonsense lyrics mocking style shifts overlong interludes but the sheer mania is intoxicating it's consistently inconsistent playful and threatening garish and dark puerile and knowing they capture the essence of the killer clown perfectly there's a song about porn what's not to like Chris? <laughs> is, is what he says that's what he says right and yeah. uh, our good friend neil he said the three most important cultural turning points in my life 
which went on to influence my sensibilities, tastes, sense of humour, etc. were number one, Licence to Ill, 1986. Mm -hmm. Number two, Evil Dead 2, 1987. Mm -hmm. Number three, Mr. Bungle, 1991. Jesus. This album is basically part of my DNA and is partly responsible for the person I am today. Well, I think he can sue them for that if, if he wants to. Well, uh, and the thing is, right, I kind of don't disagree with that. I, 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 If I had to choose between Mr. Bungle and Faith No More for the rest of my life, the pop fan in me would say I'd go for Faith No More. Of course, but of course surely you would. If, if I could only have this Mr. Bungle album or the real thing for the rest of my life, I'd have this album. Really? Okay. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because there's so much in it and it's so fucking rich and it's so full of... You know, I can hear this record fucking 30 years on and still hear something in it that I haven't heard before and still pick up on something and go, oh, that's fucking really nice. How haven't I heard oh, this that is, that's a That's a sign of a man shitting in a bucket. I, how did I miss that for 30 years? Oh, no, I, I didn't miss the sounds <laughs> of the man shitting in his bucket. And look, you know, you, you caveat it with the joyousness of youth yeah. versus... You know, there's a reason that... George Lucas spent millions of pounds on Star Wars and made them all worse. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like some sometimes the shit that you do when you're young and stupid is better. It yeah. just is, right? Anyhow, most of the time it isn't, but sometimes it is. Fair enough. All right. All right. Oh, well, we're, we're halfway through the album, so should we crack into the second half of it? In case, yes, in case there's some fucking uncovered gem that's going to turn me around. I mean, literally, this album will turn you around, but only with the intention of fucking you in the ass. Indeed. <laughs> right, so this, this song's called Stubber Dub. It's a song about a dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's apparently about the dog, uh, uh, Trace Bruins's dog, isn't it? Who is the guitarist? Uh, yeah, also, and also the guitarist on Faith No More's King for a Day album. Right, yeah, he joined them after Big Jim Martin left. Is that right? Uh, no. Uh, well, yes, essentially, yes. He's well, he's also but only for one record, hasn't he? Uh, Secret Trees three and bits and pieces here and there. Is he? Yeah. Is, oh right, is it Secret Trees? I was going to say, was it Phantomus or Tomahawk? No, he's not in Phantomus. No, right. no, he's not in either of those. Okay. Family, 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 family. So you know, seven and a half minutes again on this one. Brilliant. Oh, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. I mean, this is just... Something's gone wrong in the studio and they've left it well, in. I mean, you have a profound hatred of Scar anyway, yeah, don't you? Yeah, I'm not a fan. See, I don't. I, I don't like the 90s... A lot of the 90s uh, pop Scar stuff that came out, but 70s Scar I do have a lot of affection for. No, you're right. Yeah, that, Some of that is, is good, but I don't. I wouldn't put this song in that bracket whatsoever. Oh, I'm, no, I'm this, is, this is shit. Oh my god! Like kind of like heavy umpire. Oh fuck me! I was reading um, some blurb about this song, and it's not going to surprise you that I love this. Of course not. You're not going to not love any of these. Um, but yeah, the, one of the blurbs about this song had the absolute audacity to say the theme of this song, similar to the rest of the songs, is about the nature of reality and being. Dogs provide fertile ground for exploring the types of paradoxes that Bungle loves to deal in. Like, fuck well, right off. Look, man, th- th- I-, I think there is actually some depth to some of this stuff hidden under <laughs> the scat jokes. 
heaps of yeah, literally. You know, like you know, in the, in the same way that you know, in South Park, there are often some actually pretty deep points hidden under fucking Cartman saw in someone I come. Yeah, of course. And I'll throw a stick, bring it back, roll over and die. That fucking bit of lyric there, man. That fucking dog Rastafari. Do you know? I love that. So fucking nicely delivered. And this is big. It's going ding, 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 Oh, I've turned the song off in my headphones. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, man. This this song finds, like, 20 different ways to be awful. You're meant to pat me when you pee. And tell me to get together to grow into a human being. Brilliant. Awful. Awful. Nah, this 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 is one of my favourites on this record. I love it so much. And then there's a 45 second outro with just somebody crying on it. Because standard. But the amount this song fucking swells and rises, man. There is a fucking absolute journey in through themes on this song that you're not hearing, man. Uh, this song is yeah. fucking glorious. It's like a just a fucking wave ebbing and flowing just around this fucking stupid ass fucking idea but you know there is a, a you know there, there is a conceit in the lyric it's you know kind of imagining the way that dogs perceive people you know uh-huh. it is what it is uh, but I yeah I, I think that song's fucking glorious I'm happy for you dude that's just one of the worst things I've ever heard it's not as bad as I'm, Egg for me but it's right. pretty close I mean look Patton is absolutely on fire through that song, man. There's so many fucking, like, glorious vocal flourishes in that. So many great bits of kind of lyricism. So many interesting things that he does with his voice in that song. That Even if you listen to it for that alone, that song is... It's just, like, worth the price of the album. Uh, See, I don't... That's not what I get from it. I get him being deliberately obtuse and awkward to make me not want to hear him anymore. No, but that's not what he's doing at all. I, I don't think that's what he's doing at all. I think they're I think they're certainly juxtaposing an element of that. But there are still some really you know beautiful bits of music that exist within the manic structure of it. Mm. And it's you know part of the enjoyment is pulling those out and listening to them and hearing that the way you, you know so much of it is about juxtaposition. It's about the intense musicality versus the ridiculous throwaway glib refusal to take yourself seriously mm-hmm. while still clearly producing something that hours of kind of thought and rehearsal must have gone into because you can't you know you, you, you know you fucking you musician you know that playing these songs learning these songs and playing them would be so fucking difficult you mm. know the amount of changes the timing changes the the stuff that you have to adjust to the stuff the, the meters you have to keep in your head right yeah so like the, the whole idea that it's like that we're gonna fuck with you here it's not all about it. it's about their creating the thing that they want to hear and if you're prepared to spend the time it takes and absorb that in and kind of understand the language of it mm. it's ultimately fucking really well rewarding but at the same time you can't deny that there is an intent in there to almost discourage people from doing that so you know so you know it's a difficult one to argue I, i won't argue that you're wrong right sure although i fundamentally don't agree with you at all and i would love to get what you get from it like you say, you enjoy picking the bits out and unwrapping it and being challenged and being, uh, you know, scattergun approached with all these different things and enjoying every bit of it. I think it's, it to me, it is deliberately making me go, 
Oh, well, fuck you then. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I won't listen to your nonsense. But, but see, the thing is, like, for me, I find this easier to decipher than a lot of really kind of progressive, more instrumental music. Mm. And maybe it's just the way that I listen to the music and the way mm. I hear vocals above probably the first year or so I was listening to this record. I was probably mainly listening to the vocal in it because oh, wow. you know, that's op- that's what had drawn me into it. I wanted to hear another Mike Patton record right. because I fucking love Mike Patton so much. But, you know, over time, it's all of those fucking timing changes. It's all of those kind of jangles. It's all kind of that, you know, like those bits of anticipation. Like like when I listen to a tool record, you know, it's, yep. it's understanding where those time changes come in that I find the most rewarding. Like being able to kind of get my body into the place where I react to that odd time change at the right time. Sure, I, it's like I, that, I that on steroids. It's like that, but with extra carnival. That's the time change bit. Yeah. I don't have so much of a problem with, even though realistically, it wouldn't. I wouldn't want all the songs I ever heard from now on to be like that. But I don't have yeah. so much of an issue with that. It is the going from here's this genre. And here's a completely different genre in a different time signature with <laughs> uh, with totally different instruments right next to it. And then here's something else because so it, it won't settle into anything, any one thing. That's what my main issue, I think. Of course, and I totally get it. But when I hear the songs now, I don't hear what's different about it. I just hear the next part of this of song. Of that song, sure, yeah. Because no. I know what this song is. This this song is these bits. Yeah. And I know, you know, and yeah, it's a Frankenstein's monster. It's cut together from fucking the corpses of a thousand dead songs, mm. right? But that's part of it. There's a kind of reanimator approach to it. It's <laughs> it, and it and it lives in that world. You know, this is this lives in the same world as street trash and fucking Frankenhooker. Oh God, oh, and, right. and, yeah. and and all of those fucking you know, lurid VHS. This is a record born of 80s references, born of being, you know, a a late teenager in the late 80s and them being like that two or three years older than me or however many years older. It just had that kind of, almost that call of a big brother. Okay, yeah. You know, know, your big brother that's into stuff that you don't quite get and uh, had that to it. Anyway, I'm I'm on a rant. I'm going to stop (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, let, let's move on. Let's get to the next yeah. one. The track number seven we're on, I think. Yeah, this is My Ass is on Fire. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh. Here we go. Gosh. All right, see, there's a, there's a big heavy riff. Yeah. It's, it's a slightly strange time signature going on, but it's a big heavy riff. And that I really like. Not, not so much this bit. And and it's about you know it's this really heavy kind of uh, jarring kind of. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and you, at this point you must be going, okay, what's coming next? What's it going to be next? Oh, uh, well, what I'm thinking is, how's this going to fuck it up for me? Because this is so far all right. I'm going, what are they going to do? Brilliant. Straight into that fucking heavy expectant porno funk. Sounds like, you know, if you want to faith them or reference strip search. Okay, yeah, yeah, that that fits. I'm not, not so much of a fan of the horns again in there. I just think it adds a bit of drama. 
this fucking pattern vocal is fucking brilliant. I hear a little bit of sand dance coming in here, and you're going, oh, that's a little bit of foreshadowing, perhaps. All right. And then this chorus, man. Oh, God damn it! It's almost a straightforward chorus. Yeah, that's as big and open a rock guitar. You know, you've got yeah. the, the, the distorted air horn vocal that Patton loves so much. And like, you know, so far, you know, as I know you're a fan of the song Jizzlobber. Yes. If you like, it's like, if you like Jizzlobber, everything so far, you must like. Well, this bit I think is really good. This bit is, is fantastic. Oh, you you like the sand dance bit? Yes. I, wow, I think, what? I think this is fucking wicked. And if they did a five minute song of this, I'd be well into it. See, look, man, you're on your way to liking Mr. Bungle now because because I wouldn't I wouldn't have said to you that you I'd have been like, oh no, you're gonna, you're gonna hear the sand dance and you can go like, oh that's that's fucked this song then. No, no, oh, no, 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 that bit I really like. Again, take the horns away, give those back to like dog eat dog to keep me away from this. But uh, that <laughs> that riff <laughs> that riff works for me. And there's a bass line that I can actually make out. But then it does this again and I mean. What, what? How long is this one? Seven and a half minutes, and the last two minutes are fucking terrible. But but when you hear that though, like right, uh, just pause it a second, right? Happily. Right. When when you hear that guitar doing that, man, do you not go? Oh, right. Without this stuff, without them doing what they're doing, you've got no sixth. You've got no Meshuggah. You've got no Dillinger Escape Plan. Mm-hmm. Like those bands borrowed so heavily from like that from what they're doing here yep you know kind of messing around with those kind of those kind of off-kilter jazz strokes yes absolutely and i'd be fine with that i'd be fine living in a world without those bands again you know that's a whole that's a whole genre of fucking stuff man you know i, I you, you can't discount all of those i mean you, you cannot like those bands mm. you cannot discount those bands. no and i'm happy that other people fucking love them because they do but I could happily live without those bands. And, well, I do happily live without those bands. Of course. Yeah. But I just think, you know, as an example of how influential this record was, I mean, mm. all of those, I guarantee you all of those bands fucking love this record. Oh, God, yeah. It, 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 the, the tentacles will stretch back from that easily. I remember mm-hmm. reading something that, I think it was some one of Corn. I can't remember who it was in Corn. was like... Oh, it's mo- uh, Monkey. Was it Monkey? He said, yeah. oh, yeah, this album changed my life. And while you can't really hear that in a Corn album... It, it, I get that it's a massively influential thing. I do understand that. Um, but I would imagine that a lot of the music that it has influenced, that you can tell it's influenced, is also not for me. That There's a genre, you know, sideways from here that I am keeping that door closed. And the thing is, again, I'm trying to put myself into a mindset where I haven't heard this album hmm. before. Yeah. And we're sitting going through this as a virgin record on our podcast. And would I at 45 necessarily have a different opinion to you i don't know if i would Mm -hmm. i don't know if i would but you know that makes me just go i'm so fucking glad that i heard this record when i did because i love it so much and it's enriched my life so much throughout the years that's a really good way to think about it It, because i'm coming at it from a negative point of view going how can uh anyone enjoy this and you're coming at it from i'm so glad i enjoy this Oh, mate, yeah. absolutely, man, yeah, absolutely. No, that's all good, that's all good. Um, yeah, there's a whole minute of a spoken word outro on this. Uh, he just sh- starts shouting redundant at about five minutes in for a little while. Mm-hmm. That's where they are turning the switch going, oh, guess what? Go fuck yourself. 
it's not necessarily that i think obviously there, there's a whole section which is kind of uh wholesale out of blue velvet yes there's a, yeah the big clips of that so obviously there's like you know an influence from there and obviously in the way that you know kind of i mean like blue velvet is a fucking mind fuck of a film mm-hmm. man. i mean i love blue i mean i'm not a big lynch fan but i do love blue velvet okay yeah um and you know i think they really very much kind of tap into that feeling also that that redundant thing there's it's funny because neil uh mentioned uh evil dead and i do think there's moments in when he's doing that redundant chant that he sounds a bit like a dead eye oh nice okay yeah a redundant, <laughs> redundant. right yes <laughs> and then obviously it kind of finishes it finishes by going into um the sample from the mr bungle porno which was yes. uh which apparently they had nothing to do with the naming of the band. They they knew nothing about this right. uh, for for many years until Bill Gould from Faith No More gave Mike Patton a copy of the uh, of the porn. Of this one, oh, I see. Okay, so yes, it goes into then the next track, which is the girls of porn. Yeah, girls of porn, right? Which is, I mean, clearly just you know a song that if you don't get anything out of, I don't understand what's going on with this world. So this is a song well ahead of its time in, in, in that it's discussing desensitisation from Paul. Sure, yeah. Albeit in a very kind of kind of a gonzo way. Yes, yeah, it is. It's, again, deliberately saying offensive shit to get a reaction, to, to make the point. Six, six, six. Okay, so musically, yeah. yeah, we're into kind of 70s-inspired heavy funk really aren't right, we? Yep. but with a metal edge to it dun, but dun, then dun, what's dun, going on with this well this is like a porno funk isn't it no this, this is like bad 80s jazz funk oh, nah, this, this is, is porno music oh come on oh, all I can think about is playing with myself it's time to masturbate I know all the words this I'm song. sure you do. And this is the one that you have uh, a couple of times said might be a doorway into Bungle for me. Like, I might enjoy some of this. A, because of the silly lyrics, uh, funny lyrics, but I'm guessing also because there is more of a, a central riff in places. To, yeah. yeah. And yeah. The, the, the riff, when it's there, I do like. I think it yeah. works. But... I'm not so keen on these other bits. This don't this this really bad Parliament-esque funk. Don't like it one bit. I really and, like this. And so now that I do not like this song overall at all. I can't get past the tune. I, I think Patton's vocal on this is fucking brilliant. Here we go. This bit. Yeah. There's a you, uh, you like this bit? Yeah. There's a band called Big Chief um, who. I think we were on Sub Pop in the 90s and they did an album called Mac Avenue Skull Game, which is right. it's them doing a soundtrack to a black exploitation film. Um, but they're, yep. they're, they are just, you know, three or four big fucking grunge white guys. But they do this brilliant soundtrack and it sounds like that bit of the song that I like. They really get into it, there's a groove to it. Um, so that I really enjoy, but this bit, nah. Oh, you're going to have to send me the link to that because I want to hear that. Oh, it's that. amazing. It's brilliant. Again, I can't divorce 
myself from the 17-year-old me that thought gushing gonads, tingling tushies, hairy balls and hairy bushes was the funniest lyric I'd ever heard sure. in my life. Yep, yep. Right? S&M, wicks and chains, pregnant lady with menstrual pains. I, 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 you know, I know all the words to that rap and will sing it to you whenever I next see oh, you. Oh, uh, you have done in the past. Exactly, you will do again. I will do, yeah. I, mean, I won't stop. I haven't stopped yet. <laughs> in that pattern, Mick. I would stop exactly. dancing, yeah. Look, to be fair, man, that's that 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 should be. If you were a bigger Mike Patton fan, that could be your uh, username on forums, Patton Mick. Oh, Patton Mick. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you laughed so loudly then that Zoom cut you out on my end. Wicked. You went over Zoom's decibel. <laughs> yeah. right. He's fine. It's too funny. Cut him off. So look, man, I mean, I and that bit at the end where it's just, uh, you know, and again, I don't think you'll like it because of the, the way the horns are stabbing, mm. but uh, that bit where it's just like, I was trained to fuck you, baby. Uh, 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 I was trained to fuck you, baby. Uh, it's fucking brilliant, man. Just, again, just so many lovely bits of pattern vocal throughout that song. A song about pornography. Mm-hmm. About desensitization to pornography, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, talking about how fucking ridiculous that shit is. You know, 20 years really before it became a problem in society. That's very true, yeah. Um, Imagine written it now, yeah. Stuff they're talking about in that, so it's like, oh no, things went a lot further there. I mean, just, <laughs> yes. just as a sub note, just as a sub note, man, if you are browsing pornography, why does everyone want to sell you videos of people fucking their daughter? The whole stepdaughter, stepbrother thing is wild shit. Why is that that's like, the big thing? But it, it, it seems like that's the that's yeah. that's everything now. I mean, yeah. I, I was like, oh, I'm get, I'm too old for this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're, we're what? That's eight tracks in, so we've only got two left to go. Uh, yeah. Track nine, "Love Is a Fist." Yeah. This is different again. I haven't heard this sort of sound before on the album. I like this big meaty riff. That's nice. It's going to get oh, a little bit more free form, I think. Ah, yeah. oh, there we go. Yeah. Again, I don't see a universe where you enjoy this song. No, I mean, I... Obviously, I don't enjoy it. I, there was nothing that I could pick out that was like, I'd like this bit of it. Also, on my, my listens through, when this is track nine, by this point, I was fatigued. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. It, this doesn't do anything for me. I, I did notice this is some of the most horrible sort of saxophone squealing. Oh, here we go. It, it's yeah. really, this is the one I think that John Zorn plays the saxophone on. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, no, no shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, this is horrible don't like any bits i'd be happier if this didn't happen see for me love is a fist it's it's full of drama it's full of fucking it's like what caffeine is to mm-hmm. angel dust okay yeah i see the, the connection there but the obviously the the baseline is set way higher on this record because it's so much more out there yes yeah, you have to be particularly fucking strange for it to be a weird one on this album. Right, let's not dwell on this too nah, much. Nah. Again, it's a very fucking uh, eerie song with lots of fucking strange time changes. As we say, it's quite heavy on 
horn-based fucking you know sax time trophies, but out of interest, by the way. Yeah. Rest of Mr. Bungle's output, nowhere near as horn-heavy as this. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. So, you know, this is what it is. I mean, this is it's not one of my favourites. I think it's got some yeah. fucking brilliant bits in it. The, the overall shout, love is a first. Yeah. Love all of that in there. I imagine when they play that live, there's a big shout from the crowd. To be honest with you, like, I mean, I, I've seen them, I think, three times. Mm-hmm. Um, and... They, they've never played anything from this album when I've seen them. Oh, really? I wonder, is that because of the horn thing that they they don't have the the setup for it? I'm not sure. I mean, I think they have got... I think they did have some horns oh, when I saying, saw them. Oh. Uh, I can't remember, actually. But um, I think, you know, they kind of move on from stuff. I mean, having right. said that, they've just re-recorded their first EP, which is, oh. again, couldn't be fucking more different because it's straight-up thrash record. Oh, well, they started off as, like, a death metal band, didn't they? Well, I, I, I mean, I think really kind of uh, the heavier side of thrash. I mean, okay. you know, they're all from around the Bay Area, so yeah, I suppose you know, that's, a bit that's the home of that shit, man. Very true. So I mean, like when they, with the, you know, Wrath of the Rage and Easter Bunny, which is what they just re-recorded, they've got Scott Ian and um, Dave Lombardo playing on it. As oh, well. are they right? Oh, yeah. Well, they are. There's definitely ties to that. Hmm. Anyway, right. So let's let, let, again, loads of good stuff on that record, mm. record here and there. Um, then there's the sample at the end, which is from the uh, educational video they took the name from. Right, yes, that, that's ca- where they got their name. Yeah, exactly. That's where they got their name from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that goes straight into the very, very short final song, 10 minutes and two seconds oh, of man. Dead Goon. Oh, God's sake. Whenever I saw this was another, a 10 minute closer, I was just like, oh, God, give me a fucking break. Well, look, I mean, you know, your big 10-minute discounting song, you put it at the end of the album. Oh, true. That's, you could not. You know, and, and this is very much the final song. It, this is probably the like, even more disjointed than a lot of the rest of the stuff on here. I, I mean, you know, it's a song about a strangle wanker who dies. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And this is, again, for me, this is full of absolutely glorious Mike Patton melodies you know carnival jams mixed with fucking weird breakdowns there's fucking you know kind of metal runs all with it kind of odd kind of john zorn energy mm-hmm. attached to it as i say the most disjointed most kind of uh, wandering one which would you would expect as the last track on the record sure i mean the last three minutes of it is just descent into madness fucking versions of americana again you know if you don't like the rest of the album, you're not going to like this. If you've loved the album so far, it's just, you know, it's... It's an extension. ...of what it's got to offer. It's, yeah. it's a, a look into more weirdness of the brain of of these guys. I must yeah. admit, um, I, like I say, I was getting fatigued by track nine, so this comes on and I I was just switching off. There was snooker yeah. on the TV when I was uh, going through. <laughs> I was like, all right, fuck it. And because the music was doing so little for me I just decided to look up some um, euphemisms for self-asphyxiation oh nice yeah uh, some of my favourites that I made a note of the strokey chokey <laughs> the <laughs> blue face blast off uh, a strangle dangle <laughs> the chokey pokey uh, David Carradine's hung foo and nice uh, one of my favourites which doesn't really work so well but uh, like the stinky sedam Nice. Yeah. So that's kind of what I spent my uh, time doing. I like the hot citrus finish. 
which I've yes. just made up. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's all um, right. But yeah, so that's kind of all I have to offer for this song is uh, some some very puerile euphemisms for dying whilst pulling yourself off. Yeah. How about wanking on a shoestring? Ah, okay. The, the, the 80s detective. Yeah, yeah, that's him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, indeed. So, okay, right. I mean... I can't say I'm surprised by the outcome of this. No, no. I think it I, was it, there was an, an inevitability that I wasn't going to be a convert. I wasn't sure if I would find a couple of bits that were like, oh, actually, these two are really good. Yeah. But I didn't even find out. I, I get it. I wish you could hear what I hear. No, absolutely, of course. But really, you know, I'm... I'm more sad for you mm. that you can't than anything else. You know because... um, that they've got the, the whatever scientific technique where I think if you have a dodgy stomach or some sort of inflammation that they can get someone else's feces and put it up yeah. your arse yeah. and it'll it'll clear it up because they have the antibodies for it. Maybe that's what I need. Maybe I need to take some of your shit, stick it up my arse and I'll get bungle. You, you don't have to put it up your ass actually it has, it has to be uh, it has to kind of go into the gut mycelium itself so uh, it pretty much has to be injected into the stomach does it now well that, this sounds like uh, you know a good basis for a bungle song if I'm honest I mean it's uh, they've probably written an album about <laughs> it to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah quite but yes I don't know well, well I mean you've hated that oh I've um, absolutely I- detested every minute of it yes this is the worst thing that I've we've done a podcast on for me i mean absolutely not it's nowhere near as bad as fucking you know even i I think even if i'd have gone into this from nowhere i would still dislike the enigma album more than this i see no i i this is bottom of the pile for me because it's just because it made me so angry oh what a shame but i guess some of that is and like i said at the start and i may not be right but because I had it in my head that, that this was a band who obviously have talent and mm-hmm. have done other projects uh, where they have made albums that I really like or songs I like, I know they can write a great song. And there's a riff here and a riff there that I, I like, fucking hell, do more of that, do five minutes of that. But they deliberately fuck it up. That's what where I'm coming from. And that's the bit that annoys me because there is so much... There's a potential that they might have me as a fan. They don't give a fuck, uh, but no, 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 no. They, they, you, they deliberately put me off. Yeah, you know, you're you're looking for them to do what you want totally. rather than what they Absolutely. want, and and that never works. No, man. but I also think what know. they want is to annoy me. In which case, they've succeeded. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe what they were looking to do was annoy, you know, kind of, you know, middle-aged people at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and maybe that remains universal. I mean, you know, obviously you can't say that there isn't a fuck you to it. But uh, uh, it, is, it is what it is, man. We'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if we end up revisiting them around the time of, what, 96 or whenever it was that California came out. 99, actually, I think California came out. Oh, was out. it? Was it that late? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So, obviously, a uh, big shout out to our friend Matt Collis. You did, uh, yeah. I hope you're fucking happy, Matt. Um, he's, he he sent me a DM in the week, basically, because oh, yeah. I told him we were recording this. Uh, in fact, what, what, what did he say? Little fucking prick. Uh, can we not just give him his donation back? And I don't have no. to... Uh, well, why would we do that? You've no, listened sorry, to I've it. done the hard work now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, if, if if there's an album that you particularly want to listen to, uh, you know... That you particularly want to hear? No, you know, for a, a donation, we can do an episode. Absolutely, never again. It's backfired no. so badly. No, 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 no. 
or unless unless it's you know one of the Blur albums that we don't have to do, uh, but you want Dave to listen to it. Ah, uh, fuck you, people. Yeah. As I've said before in this podcast, it's not Blur. I hate. It's just Damon Albarn. Oh well, I think he's got a solo album. Surely he must have. We can do that. Oh uh, fucking! Uh, it won't be a solo album. He'll have fucking. He'll have gone and fucking white fucking saviored some. Fucking oh, he'll African have a Japanese orchestra. Yeah. Fucking arseholes. Uh, what did Collis say, anyway? Matt Collis, Deadly Drummer. I cannot wait for Krista's opinion. I prefer California, but that probably wouldn't be as funny. Oh, so he fucking knew. He did Oh, no, he oh, knew. What a prick. No, he knew you'd fucking hate it. He did this to fuck with you. I've <laughs> been nothing but nice to you, Collis. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. He owns you. Right. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, it's done. Fuck it. Fine. It has. So this is this has been a uh, this has been a special episode. Yes. Um, we've got one more special episode coming out before we get into season four. Apologies for the slight delay. Um, all right, look, uh, guys, take care. Thank you for joining us as always. Let us know uh, what you think of this episode on all the social medias. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, poor Krista, I had to listen to an album he didn't like. Oh, what a bastard! All right, cheers, guys. <laughs> See you later, all guys. Right. Take care. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is pclpodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCL Music Podcast at gmail.com.